Good morning. Thank you for joining us with Redwood Christian Fellowship uh, on your online or your on our Facebook page. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we have uh, uh, our worship service today and next Sunday, and then we'll be live on July 5th again. So the doors will be open on July 5th. Uh, again, thank you for joining us this morning. Let's have some worship together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already passed. His grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no last days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roar, whatever my heart thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well 
with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Oh, Satan should buffet, though trials should come. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. This well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the face shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend, even so it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my Jesus, I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in 
in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Thank you. Naomi and Rebecca, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, we're continuing in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 13. And uh, what I'd like to do is to read verses 1 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but not have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not resist, insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Over the last 
couple of weeks, we have begun studying this chapter. We've looked at uh, the love uh, and its definition and, and what comes through verses one through three. And then in verse four, we've looked at the word patient and we've looked at the word kind. And that brings us to love does not envy. So that's where we are today in verse four. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy. I was uh, reading an old uh, writing from Jonathan Edwards, and he defines envy this way. Envy is a spirit of dissatisfaction and or opposition to the prospect of happiness for others. When we look in a Bible dictionary, you'll find that uh, envy is to be is is put this way: to be heated or boiled with envy, hatred, anger, jealousy. Again, let me say that: to be heated or boiled with envy, hatred, anger, or jealousy. Some of the synonyms that go with the word envy is indignation, jealousy. To covet, to be greedy. Here in First Corinthians, as we look at verse or chapters twelve and fourteen, we realize that squeezed in between here, this this treatise on love uh, is the idea of of what was going on in the Corinthian church was they were arguing about what was the the most important gift or what was the you know the greatest gift. And as a result, uh, lifting people up or, or looking down on them, depending on their gifts. And as a result, you might actually say that the Corinthians had gift envy. Um, which is the best gift of all? Should it be, uh, is it tongues? Is it prophecy? Is it healing? And so we look at this and we realize this idea of, of, of love if we really love each other, we're not concerned about the gifts. We're concerned about the attitude of love. The gifts are a reflection of the love that we have for God and the love that God has for us. And so envy in the family of God is a major negative. Uh, it's not a good thing at all. And it's interesting if you if you think about it, the 10th commandment. If you looked in uh, Exodus chapter 20, the 10th commandment, you shall not covet, basically the same idea here, you shall not envy, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. This idea of, of coveting or uh, envying is something that God is very clear on. This is not to be a part of the Christian body of Christ. It's not to be a part of his family, his children, his followers. So we need to look at this very closely. Uh, again, making that statement, love does not envy. Uh, using Jonathan Edwards' definition of envy, the spirit of dissatisfaction being in that picture. Uh, I think it's very important to see it that way. You're you're not happy with the way things are because the things that you think are important are being uh, maybe not emphasized. 
And so you come up with a list of things uh, that uh, starts to brew in your thinking. Why is he getting blank, whatever you want to fill into that that phrase, why is he getting this and I'm not? And you're envying something that someone is getting, whether it's a gift or or, or something of, of physical value. We also, I've, I've, I've done this with uh, children, uh, you know, teaching, for instance, third grade. If I only had this, I would be happy. And I would ask them to fill in. And, of course, some kids will say, a million dollars. And when I get into junior high, I'll say, if I only had this, I would be happy. What's the this? And instead of a million dollars, they say ten million dollars because they've become to understand the value of money and what they want and, and what they could do with it. And uh, and so we covet different things. We covet money. We covet uh, possessions. If I only had this, I would be happy. Or maybe in another form of envy, I'm as good as or better than George. I'm just as uh, or more qualified as George. And why am I not being considered for this job? Or why am I not being considered uh, for this position in the church? Now, I had an experience something like that in the sense that I'm as good of or better than in my estimation. The time that I was working for a a major corporation in the uh, San Francisco area. And uh, this was uh, not too long after Kathy and I were married, and I was not a Christian at the time. And I was the manager of sales service. And a job opening came while I was there uh, for the manager of sundries. Now, sundries, this was a paint company. Sundries was anything that it took to use, apply, or work with paint in some way. And we bought those things from different manufacturers and it was a really interesting job. It was a job that might mean some traveling, and and I really wanted the job. And I was qualified because I had been working in the paint-related field uh, since I was 15, and I was now 23. And and uh, I thought, man, I know how to use these tools. I know how to use this equipment. And the man that was getting the job had never, you know, painted or or been involved in that area. And I thought, I'm the guy for the job. Well, it got down to two of us, and I'm going to use my 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 fit-in name that I use. George got the job, and I didn't. And uh, it got to the point where I, I, you know, I was disappointed. And then when when George would make a mistake, I would have a sense of of almost a sense of rejoicing because he he made a mistake. I wouldn't have made that mistake. And so I, I look at that, and that's a sense of of of, of envy. I, I I envied George because he got the job that I wanted. And you do find yourself rejoicing when that person messes up. You might even help push him over the edge if you get the opportunity, because you so want something. For some, just the sight of someone's success sets them off. I wonder what they had to do to get that job or to get to that place or that point in their lives. Who did they have to bow down to? What kind of, of, of bowing and scraping did they have to do? Whose foot did they have to kiss? 
In fact, you, if, if envy gets a hold of you, if covetousness gets a hold of you, you become critical of people. You, you start looking for people's mistakes. And then you actually, if it's, if, if you don't get out of this rut, you end up being hypercritical. Which means that when someone does something completely right, you still find something wrong. This idea of envy and covetousness, jealousy and anger, again, remember those, those words that are part of this idea of what it is, can really get a hold of us. And as Christians, we want to get away from this. It's not to be a part of our lives. And, and, and so God says it's not to be that through the commandments. He says it here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The Christian, the, 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 the Christian spirit, if you will, is to check this attitude and this way of thinking. The Holy Spirit in us, trying to break us out of this mold. First thing we have to deal with, and we see these these things, uh, is is why are we this way? Why are we, you know? And and the question would have to be from a Christian perspective: Do we believe in God's sovereignty? Do we believe that God has done what He says He will do? That as we rest in Him and and desire to serve Him and to serve His purpose, that He will provide everything that we need for that. We need not be envious or covet anything. Are we content? Also, is another picture to look at this. Are we content in what God has allowed us to have? Philippians 4.11 says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. But Paul was saying, as situations change, uh, I trust in God to provide and take care of me through this situation, and I am content. And he could say that even from a prison cell. So the spirit of, of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit in us, the Christian spirit is to be opposite of the spirit of the world or the spirit of envy. Jealousy, greed. I have a, a few verses I'd like to share with you that have lists of, of, of things that God says that we are to stay away from or to put off as believers. And I want you to note envy's place in these lists. The first one is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I might find you uh, not as I wish, and that you might find me not as I wish. That perhaps they may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. Fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. Notice in that list is the word jealousy. That is also our word for envy. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, just a few pages over, uh, verses 19 through 21. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, 
fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Very powerful words for us. But you see, again, the, the envy and the list of things that have to do with with things that we, you know, we normally, when we talk about sexual sin, we have no problems identifying that and saying, no, a Christian shouldn't do that. But in that same list, we find the words envy and jealousy and anger. The first Peter chapter two. Verses one through two. First Peter chapter two, verses one through two. So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy. There we are again. And all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by, by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted the Lord, if you, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Long for the pure spiritual milk, the, the pure doctrine of God, the word of God. And one more place, and I've used this before in the last few weeks as we've looked at uh, other words there in First Corinthians chapter 13. This one in Ephesians chapter 4. Starting with verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the fertility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be <clears throat> to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This idea of, of putting off and putting on is so important and it's tied to this picture of putting off envy. But what do we put on in its in its place? The longing of the pure milk of God, the longing of his word. The book of James in chapter 3 calls us to examine ourselves. And I'd like to share those verses with you. Chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy 
and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder at every vile practice. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. No, verse 18, a harvest of peace or righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Made me think of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 9 of chapter 5, where Jesus teaches, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We want to be at peace, but if we have envy, it disrupts that. If we have covetousness, it disrupts that. If we are angry because some people have something that we think we should have as well, it disrupts that. We need to rest in the provision of God and what he has allowed us to have and to be content. Envy shows disappointment in how God is ministering to us. Also, envy can cause us to retreat. We look at people and we envy their ability to, uh, in this case, parse the word of God. They're doing something good. And and we look at them in envy that they're so good that we look at ourselves and say we'll never reach that. And we give up and, and decide not to even try. I want to, uh, again, using as a, a closing thought, uh, I want to go back to Ephesians one more time. And, and again, this would be Ephesians chapter 5. And I know that I frequently refer to these verses, but they're really important and apply to what we're doing today. Look carefully how you walk. Look at this. Verse uh, uh, 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God, beloved children, and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And drop down now to verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And that idea of not getting drunk with wine is don't get full of the things of the world. Don't get obsessed with the things of the world. uh, But be filled instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead of allowing the things of the world to control you and obsess you and that you envy all these things, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Addressing one another, and, then, and look at the difference that happens as, as, as we look at how we treat one another. Uh, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. No room for covetousness, no room for envying in that, that picture. Instead, we find a joy in blessing one another. And when someone else is blessed, we celebrate that joy. In Romans, it talks about that. 
that we, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and in a time of mourning, we mourn with those who mourn. There's no room for this covetousness and envy, and yet our culture is so obsessed with it. Look at our advertising. All of our advertising today is generated towards causing you to envy, if you will, to covet. Oh, if I only had that car, if I only had those clothes, if I only had that home, if I only had that, and you can just put again whatever you want in the phrase, I would be a happy person. Paul says, don't think that way. Don't don't be concerned about those things. Instead, be imitators of God. Instead, watch how you walk and look to the things of God. Make the best use of your time. And the best use of your time is to dwell on the, the awesomeness of what God has done and asking God to make us content with what we have. Don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? That we worship him and glorify him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. And we, we, we kind of throw in that picture of, of John chapter 13, verse 35. It says, they will know we are, are his disciples by the way we love one another. I look at this and I think of, of, of again, looking back to Jonathan Edwards and, and this idea of, of, of his definition of envy, including the word dissatisfied. It seems so appropriate, especially when we look at what I just discussed about our culture. I would only, I would be happy if I only had. And so I'm going to suggest to you today that that greatest happiness that we can have is to be right with Christ, to be at peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, to know him as our Savior, to have confessed with our mouth and believed in our heart that he is the Christ raised from the dead and that he has delivered us from our sins. That is where real peace is. That is where great joy is. And as that grows in us, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the moment we confess Jesus as our Savior, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes. And begins to transform who we are and take us away from these things of the world and towards the things of the kingdom of God. And so I think it's appropriate to look at this and, and, and say from 1 Corinthians 13, Lord, move me away from, uh, from envying and from boasting and arrogance. Notice it was interesting as I looked at this in verse four of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. It started out with two positives. Love is patient and kind. Then it went to the negative. Love does not envy or boast. What we want is the idea of kindness, gentleness, mercy, uh, patience to well up inside us and the things of the world to move away from us, for God to transform us into his likeness. Uh, again, cro- closing with a, uh, a verse that's very familiar for probably most of you uh, is how to do this. And I'm going to be using this verse a lot through this chapter probably. But Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies 
as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Knowing the Lord, having him dwell in us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to offer ourselves as a sacrifice and to be transformed. Not to be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And by the way, just this last thought, the renewing of our mind is not going to happen by simply sitting there. We need to read the word of God, study the word of God, and also to be in fellowship with other believers. That's encouraged. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 25 says, not to forsake the fellowship. Here all this time as we've been going through this uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, time that we haven't been able to gather together, I really believe has been difficult for many of us. We've been distracted and more and more distracted all the time about what's going on in the world because we need each other's encouragement. I am so excited that we're coming back together on on the 5th of, of July. That's just two Sundays away from now. Uh, we'll be back together again. And uh, I, I want to, you know, thank you for joining us while we've been online. Again, one more Sunday, and then, which is June 28th, and then we'll be back together again on June, July 5th. Now, we have sent out uh, emails, letters to our church members to explain uh, what we anticipate when we come back together as to, you know, are we wearing masks? Are we not wearing masks? All these different things that we need to look at. I ask that you would check those things out carefully. And if you didn't get a letter or you or, or you didn't get an email, you can go online to our, our website and see this information. Uh, or you can also go on our Facebook page and see this information. And if if you can't figure out all of that part, give me a phone call, 725-6311, and we'll go over it, and, and I'll make sure that you get the information that you need. I'm looking forward to it as we get back together. Um, I want to add one more thing before we pray and close. Happy Father's Day. Lord bless. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we could get into your word together today. And we ask, Lord, that as uh, we approach the time where we can be together uh, in a live worship service, uh, I look so forward to that. And we ask, Lord, that you would uh, just bring us together and, and give us the, the ability to give grace to each other as we have to go through different things, uh, face masks and, and social distancing and all the things that will be involved. But we ask, Lord, that you would give us a heart of thanksgiving and a sense of contentment that the God of all creation His church has not been closed. The doors to our building may be closed, but the church has never been closed. And through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we come to you and say thank you, Lord. And we ask that you would be with us today and go with us through this next week. Cause us to be in your word, in prayer, and give us a heart of contentment and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen.